0: morning. It's good to be with you as we gather together again in our study of Acts. Uh, I'm glad to be um, here with you now. And uh looking at our uh, at at our passage today. Today we're going to be um looking at Peter's sermon. Yesterday we talked about Pentecost Sunday and what happened then, how the spirit fell. We talked about what that meant what the Holy Spirit means to us now, how we can how how it shows us who Christ is, things such as that. Today, I want to read to you Peter's sermon uh, that he preached on Pentecost Sunday. This is the sermon he preached to all those people who heard uh, the gospel proclaimed in all their own tongues. So I want to read to you. This is Acts 2, reading verses 14 through 36. This is Acts 2, 14 through 36. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken to the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs of the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist." The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood for the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have said to you. Jesus of Nazareth, a man arrested, attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourself know. This man handed handed over to you according to the definite plan and the foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held by its power. For David said concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life and you will make full gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I say to you, Confidently that our ancestor David That he both died and was buried And his tomb is here with us to this day Since he was a prophet He knew that God had sworn with him an oath That he would put one of his descendants on the throne For seeing this David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah Saying he was not abandoned to Hades His flesh did not experience corruption This Jesus God raised up And all that all of us are witnesses Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God And having received the, from the Father The promise of the Holy Spirit He has poured out on on this that you may both see and hear. For David did not ascend to the heaven, but he himself says, Thus the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand, and I will make your enemies your footstools. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus who you crucified. Okay, so here we see, this is one of the things that we see in Acts a lot. Um, you see this quite often throughout this book. You'll see Acts talk about signs and wonders. And what happens a lot of time in, in Acts is that something will happen. Um, in this Pentecost Sunday, we see speaking in tongues. And when they speak in tongues, they speak, they speak in these tongues that are heard by all the people. That draws a crowd. We see everyone come out and say, Whoa, I'm hearing this, this good news proclaimed in my own language. So the signs and the wonders, what happens? This attracts a, a crowd. And that crowd comes. And then the apostles use the crowd that's come as a means to proclaim the gospel. They use this as a means to proclaim the gospel. I've got a crowd here. I've got people that are listening. I've got people that are hearing what we're saying. So now I'm going to proclaim proclaim the gospel. So we we see the speaking in tongues early on. But then we see Peter basically go through the Old Testament, first from the prophet Joel. Then we see quotations from the Psalms with David and say, this is what was promised. We see the first part, and the last day is God declares, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. We see that as a prophecy and a promise of the Holy Spirit. That Remember I said yesterday how the Holy Spirit's poured out upon all, all persons through prevenient grace, that every one of us has access to the Spirit, that if it's in your life and it's good, it's a gift from God. We see this here. On, and I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream, dream dreams. Upon my slaves, both men and women. So we see there this huge equality. Who's getting the spirit? Sons, daughters, old men, slaves, both male and female. Everyone, everyone will see the spirit. Everyone, and the spirit, as we so we see, um, in the very end. Uh, therefore, this is verse 36, therefore let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, the Jesus whom you crucified. In other words, the Spirit was given. The Spirit was given to all persons. Why? So that through the Spirit, we could know that Jesus is the Messiah. We see that all throughout Paul's works, all throughout all that happens from here, is that the purpose of the Spirit is to point us to the Savior. That's what the Spirit does. And frankly, that's what graced us. It points us to the Savior. So we see here, we see this the, the this sermon here. Have the prophecy first from Joel about the Holy Spirit coming. I will pour my Spirit upon all persons. Verse twenty one, and, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then we see verse twenty two through the end of the chapter. Peter going to David and saying that David uh, that David says that Jesus was promised that he was given signs that he would be handed over be crucified and then we see verse 25 says for David says I saw the Lord always before me he would not be shaken um then we see verse 31 he was not a, that he would be resurrected he would not be abandoned to Hades nor his flesh experience corruption so we see here that that and this is why it's so important to know the old testament y'all this is why the old testament matters so much because so much of the new testament huh, all of it actually is built upon the foundation of the old testament we're not just a New Testament church, y'all. We're a Bible church. So it's important for us to know both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Because how does, how does Peter explain both the Holy Spirit and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? He does it by quoting the Old Testament. Peter does it by quoting Joel, by quoting the Psalms. So Peter here is going to the Old Testament, to the scriptures of old, saying this pointed to Jesus. And y'all, I think that's one of the things that we need to understand with Jesus. One of the things he says here, um, I love what he says here. He says, uh, verse um, 23, this man handed over to you according to the of the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, crucified and killed by the hands of the outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death. Okay, Jesus in his life was not God's last. Plan. Jesus' life, the cross, the resurrection, those were not God's last options. Sometimes we sometimes we read the Bible like this. We read the Bible and we see uh God saying, Well, they've fallen. Hmm. Well, they didn't listen, so I flooded the earth. Uh, then let me let me try this relationship with Abraham. Well, that didn't work. Let me try Moses. Well, that didn't work. Let me try David. Well, that didn't work. Let me try the exile. Well, that didn't work. Let me try the prophets. That didn't work. And then we almost feel like God saying, well, golly, I've tried everything. I've tried everything. I guess I better send Jesus. I don't know what else to do. That's not the way scripture should be read. Jesus wasn't God's last option. Jesus was the plan the entire time. So don't see the Old Testament covenants and the Old Testament promises as God trying things that didn't work, but instead see them for what they are, and they are foreshadowing. They are promises. They are examples. They are pointing to what God actually desires to do the entire time, and that is Jesus. Jesus was not God's last option. Jesus was not God's last plan. Jesus was the plan the entire time. God's plan the entire time. Scripture says that he was, he was a land that was laid before the foundations of the world. God's plan from the moment before creation was to save us by grace through faith. God's plan the entire time was to redeem us by grace through faith. God's plan was to give us the choice to accept or to reject, to follow, to obey, and to know the love of the Father. Jesus was not God's last option. He was the plan the entire time. Today, friends, if you read the Old Testament, it might not look that way. You might it might look a little confused at times or unsure. But Jesus was the plan the entire time. God knew what he was doing. God knew what he was doing. God knew what he was doing with Jesus. And God knows what he's doing with us. So trust. Trust, y'all. Even if you don't understand, even if it doesn't make sense, even if you're confused, God has a plan. God knows what he's doing. Trust. Jesus was not God's last option, but he was a plan the entire time. We can trust in what God's doing. On Pentecost, that was the sermon. It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That's true for our faith. That's true for our lives. That's true for everything. It's always only about Jesus. So today, I hope Jesus is your all-in-all, because all, that's what He's about. It's all about Jesus. So thanks for joining us as we looked at Peter's sermon. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to look at uh, the response. <laughs> we're going to look at the what happens after Peter finished preaching. So we'll pick up tomorrow with verse thirty-seven. Thanks for joining us as we walk through Acts together.